0: This is an encore presentation of last year's Christmas episode, Santa's Slays. It's busy right now for us, too, just like it is for everybody else, so we hope you understand. We kind of phoned this one in. This is a good episode, though. We had a lot of fun making it. We think you'll enjoy it again, too. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.
1: Uh, You know, drink responsibly. Love your neighbor and stuff. Get get along and, uh,
0: yeah. And Merry Christmas, watch a
1: stupid movie.
0: and we will see you back here in January. I'll be here.: Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Christmas episode. We're wrapping up an entire our entire first year with the 2005 Christmas horror comedy Santa's Sleigh. This, is, yeah. a, this is a Canadian-American production that I couldn't find too much information about as far as as budget and box office and stuff like that. But it looks like they spent quite a bit of money on it, and they probably didn't see much of that back.
1: Nah, yeah, I think it was like straight to video because that's when I saw it, like back in the day when, in, like, you know, you go to a video store to see the crappy movies, right? But I remember picking this off the shelf. I was like, "Oh, this looks like a complete turd," <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It was all right. Mm. I mean, it's 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 a lot of South Park, but.
0: Right. It's it's very slapstick. It's got a forty three percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's because it's such childish humor. It's not because of the production value. The production value is top notch, which yeah. is kind of weird for a movie that we discuss.
1: Well, like I think the guy that wrote and directed was like this is his only movie ever, and then he like dropped off the planet. But it was produced by Brett Ratner, who I hate, but he kind of knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah. This is our one year episode, man.
1: Oh yeah. Like a full year or just Yeah, yeah th-
0: this is the end of the first year. Yeah.
1: Cool. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah, it's good. And this I love this movie. This was hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah. It well it's it's like quick, you know? Yeah. And it's like stop uh, nowhere. There's no dead space, no pissing time. It's just bam bam bam. Right. Joke. Bam 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 joke. Yeah also has the coolest opening of any crappy movie i've ever seen
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the dinner or the credit the dinner yes <laughs> anytime bill goldberg crashes through the fireplace and kills the nanny i'm good with that
1: oh man he killed like everybody <laughs> book. and like, it's not like he's like lame kills it's like Every room kill or every kill in that room was very, like, I don't know, different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He got super creative. (laughs) So written and directed by David Steinman, known for Castaway. You know, that Tom Hanks thing where he makes friends with a volleyball.
1: Yeah, I got the same volleyball, man.
0: Yeah. What Lies Beneath and Inspector Gadget. So he kind of knows what he's doing, too. He might have known what he was doing with this one because some of it is so on the nose that it has to be deliberate.
1: I, I thought he just did this. I thought it was like one gun, but I didn't know he did all those other ones. Yeah,
0: so, yeah,
1: that's weird. I like the uh, the French title of this movie because when yeah. it was released, there it was called "Very Bad Santa."
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, and that kind of—I uh, I guess I can see that. Yeah movie stars bill goldberg as santa claus that's right wwe superstar goldberg is santa claus and not just any santa claus a viking santa claus oh hell yeah Uh, he's also appeared in the adam sandler remake of the longest yard universal soldier the return and has recurring roles on ncis los angeles and the abc sitcom the goldbergs
1: yeah i've seen i've seen that show i love that show
0: I mean, how are you going to be named Goldberg and not ask for a role in a show called The Goldbergs?
1: Also, he used to play football like a long time ago.
0: I don't doubt that. I don't know too much about him. Yeah, honestly,
1: how, uh, he blew his leg out or something, and like that's how he got into wrestling. Was okay. For that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Douglas Smith is Nicholas Yulson. He's deaf, basically a TV character actor, recording has recurring roles on Big Love, Big Little Lies, The Alienist. And Clarice.
1: I do know that Big Love was awesome. Yeah. And he was Bill Paxton's son in that. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's the kid from Big Love.
0: Right, right. Clarice, of course, a Silence of the Lambs sequel TV series that didn't really do well on network television. So it's only available on Paramount Plus now.
1: (laughs) I didn't even know it was out yet. I was just like, (laughs) yeah, I've heard.
0: Of Emily de Ravine as Mary McKenzie. She had recurring roles in Beastmaster, Lost, and Once Upon a Time. So if you're a fan of ABC television, you've seen her.
1: Yeah, which I'm not, but <laughs> go
0: ahead. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Once Upon a Time was kind of an uh, alternate dimension, mixed reality thing where uh, the world that we know And the world of fairy tales kind of blended, and it was super, super dark.
1: Yeah, uh, my uh, my ex wife was really into that show, and I've seen some of it. But then, like, I don't know, like I think the second or third season, they just started bringing in like uh, Disney characters.
0: Right, right.
1: And oh man, this is terrible. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and then I love this casting choice. This was absolutely perfect. Robert Culp as Grandpa.
1: Oh, man, I love that guy. And you know why? Because he was on my favorite TV show of all time, Greatest American Hero. Believe it
0: or not, I'm walking on air. Yes, yes, he was. He's been a character actor since 19, from 1953 until his death in 2010, known for I Spy with Bill Cosby. Hell yeah. Um, Greatest American Hero, Columbo. And then, of course, in the 80s, he made the circuit of the primetime shows, including Love Boat, Hardcastle, and McCormick, Highway to Heaven, The Cosby Show, and Matlock. In the 90s, he was a voice actor in Gargoyles and The Secret Files of Spy Dogs.
1: Gargoyles kicked ass.
0: And then in the late 90s, early 2000s, he had a recurring role in Everybody Loves Raymond.
1: Yeah. The only thing I don't like about this movie, he wasn't so much of an, <laughs> an asshole like he was in Greatest American Hero. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, he's, he's great at playing that jerk that everybody loves to hate.
1: Yeah. I love it when he cusses people out.
0: Yeah. And then we have a whole host of special guest appearances that we'll get into. Yeah. Um,
1: it's a Christmas movie, right? Yeah. Predominant Jewish cast.
0: Yes. Almost everybody in this movie including the writer director is Jewish on purpose.
1: Producer, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's fucking funny as
0: hell. And as we get into this you'll find that we have every single TV and movie Jewish stereotype on display paraded proudly body count for this film is at least 28 it's kind of easy to lose track i don't know
1: I, i counted uh
0: last week i did 41 41 okay there we go including one entire family dinner one deli owner one entire police force one nativity statue everybody at a strip club and one flying bird
1: deer Oh man, don't forget that he, he killed that dog. Uh,
0: <laughs> I love the dog's death. Oh man.
1: Just, yeah, he killed everybody. Killed
0: everybody. We uh, open with Christmas dinner at the Mason House. The Mason House is a super dysfunctional, very wealthy family played by an entirely Jewish cast. The patriarch is James Kahn, his younger Current wife is Fran Drescher from The Nanny. His son, played by Chris Kattan, is getting frisky with his new stepmom too. Yeah, that was kind of kind of gross.
1: Yeah, but it, you know, it's they're rich people; they're weird, right? I just wrote it off to them being just like extremely, like you know, sleazy and you know.
0: Oh yeah, I know. I know. Alicia Loren as as beth mason offers the prayer for their thanksgiving dinner meanwhile their dad is just like i said every jewish stereotype he's complaining that the bird is dry and she's complaining that the sex is no good and you know imagine any woody allen movie and you're right in the middle of it here with this dinner
1: oh uh, yeah uh there's some uh really funny dialogue in this scene and like, oh man, why is the dog up on the table? Get the dog on the table. You know? The dog
0: has his own little bed in there. I mean, and and not like like a mat on the floor. Like, I went to Petco and I got my dog a bed, a four-poster bed with its own special quilt and pillows.
1: I'm pretty sure that was like a chaise lounge. It's like a miniature chaise lounge. Really <laughs> <laughs> fancy. It has buttons and stuff on it.
0: And, you know, the father of the family, he rolls his eyes, but he, doesn't do anything to stop this, you know. And then we've got, as I said, Larecia, Alicia Loren as Beth Mason offering the prayer, giving thanks that they are not poor or Samoan. Yeah, I didn't get the. Yeah, I don't. I didn't either. And and even uh, even Chris Kattan gives gave a little "what the fuck" there, to which Fran Drescher said, "Just don't worry about it." And also giving thanks for the new M class and praying that those who are less fortunate will work harder. (laughs) Then we hear a rumble in the chimney and Beth's little dog runs to investigate and Santa Claus busts through the chimney, kicks the dog. The dog flies across the table, hits the ceiling fan, gets shot back across the room and smashed into the chimney. First kill (laughs) of the movie right there.
1: Right there. He just punted a football kicks that dog.
0: <laughs> and wasting no time, he just sets to kill. And now one of the daughters just flips her, ta- her chair backward and impales herself on the post of the dog's bed right through the yeah. throat.
1: That was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if I broke into somebody's house to kill everybody, I'd be disappointed with that one. No, nah, because it's like, I don't know. I mean, uh, number one, yeah, it's try- less work for me, but number two, you took part of my fun.
1: It's all right, because he immediately, like, does a tuck and roll on the table and then stab James Khan's hands with, like, serving forks.
0: Yes. Now, we just recently saw somebody get stabbed with a meat fork, so this is a good one. Yeah, it's not cranberry sauce. It's not cranberry sauce at all, no. But he just pins James Khan's James hands to the table and makes him watch whatever everything else that's about to go down in this. Then he takes a big swig of vodka and uses a lighter to make himself into a flamethrower and sets Fran Drescher's hair on fire. And then uh, just totally like mule kicks Chris Catan into like a (laughs) knife. He hops up doing his kung fu, you know, wah, 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 wah. And Santa just kicks him right in the chest.
1: Yeah. It was he flies. Hey, I mean he like he got like airtime in that, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm you know, I'm kind of surprised by that whole thing because it was a, a stunt very similar to that on Saturday Night Live where Chris Catan actually broke his neck. <laughs> Seriously he did in a golden girls bit and I, I, I'd be real careful about it. I'm sure they were very careful about it, you know. Oh yeah they
1: probably had like I because mean, this is uh one of those movies where they just get like a bunch of wrestlers and it's like one of those, right. stunt- so yeah, I mean they're pretty <laughs>
0: fish, yeah, yeah, then he takes like
1: French wrestler about that time she's out of fire, right, yeah, and he grabs her by the back of the neck and then like drowns her in the eggnog, that's yes
0: like a- he he just grabs her and. Shoves her face first into the eggnog, which has the, one, the immediate effect of putting the fire out. But he just holds her there, holds her there till she quits moving and drowns her in the eggnog. And then we get a, a look at James Con, and he doesn't look real disappointed.
1: He's just trying to escape. <laughs> oh, man. Uh...
0: Well, the other daughter starts running away, so he takes the star off the top of the Christmas tree and uses that as a ninja throwing star. Gets her right between the shoulders. She's out. Yeah. And then we head over to Dad. And we're going to finish this up. Now, he's just spent all this time complaining about the turkey. So, of course, we have to kill him with the turkey. Santa Claus rips a turkey leg off as he walks past, comes up to Dad, shoves the turkey leg in his mouth, and then slams him face first into the table, shoving the turkey leg up into his brain and killing it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. It was awesome. (laughs) And then we get title card. Yes, we get our opening credits, which is a book of the history of Santa Claus. And it looks like it's written in some ancient language. But if you even half look at it, they've got the text in the book in red script. And then in front of that, they'll show the green credits. But if you look at that red script, you'll see the credits there also. Oh, yeah. That's
1: pretty
0: cool. It was cool. All of the names that appear in the credits are written in the book somewhere. I really like that. But we get very it, we get a lot of images of a very angry Santa Claus, not the Santa Claus that we're used to seeing. So, so something something is not right with our history of Santa Claus. And this is a lot of very angry Santa images that cover a thousand years. From the year 1005 to present day in the movie, 2005. Next, we see downtown Hell Township on Christmas Eve. An old lady, Mrs. Talbot, who I absolutely love, (laughs) is giving Nick grief at the Heaven Sent Deli, complaining. She wants to know what's on the sandwich. Now, she probably comes to this same deli every day. And has, for the last 15 years, to order the same thing, but she still wants somebody to tell her what's on it.
1: Yeah, she's like smoking a cigarette inside and just blowing in his face and just being a really crabby old lady.
0: Yeah, yeah, she is. Well, Mr. Green, he owns the deli, and it is a Jewish deli. He's got a little flag of Israel up there on his counter and everything. Mr. Green comes out, and he begins haggling over the price of a roast beef sandwich. Mrs. Talbot pays him entirely in quarters. She had all of the money for the full price, but talked him down to four fifty. Like I said, every Jewish stereotype you can think of is in this movie.
1: It was like four fifty, but I'm pretty sure she threw out the money and then picked up fifty cents.
0: Right, so right. Sure she, yeah. she, he told her the <laughs> price was four seventy five. So with the senior discount, of course, with the senior discount, that's robbery. And he says, well. Would 450 make you any happier? So she throws all the money down and then picks up one quarter. She had 475. She just wanted to talk him down to 450.
1: Yeah. She just kind of went down. Yeah. She is dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she walks out the door. Mr. Green wishes her a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays. And he said, Happy Don't holidays. pull that political crap with me. Wish me a Merry Christmas. So he says, Merry Christmas. And she says, Thank you. Go fuck yourself! <laughs>
1: yeah, I call that chick a whore on her way out too.
0: Yes, yes, she does call Mary Mac McKenzie a whore on the way out the door. Well, Mister Green closes up the shop and gives uh, Nick and and Mac their Christmas presents. Mac gets a snow globe uh, again because I saw how much you liked the snow globe I gave you last year. And Nick gets a world clock. You can see the clock, see the time in every country in the world, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they're good kids. They don't want uh, to hurt the guy's feelings. So, hey, these are great. Thank you. He's a cool boss. He got a gift, you know. Exactly. Christmas Eve. Exactly. Well, Mac has given Nick a ride home, and uh, she's sitting in her truck while he loads his bike into the back of it. Listening to ninety-nine FM Lock It In and Jerk Your Knob Off.
1: Yeah, that's the little clever bits of things as usually like on the TV or radio in this movie. Yeah.
0: The yeah, the radio, like, the radio, the yeah. radio guy gets lots gets a lot of jokes in here. And it's very, very sophomoric humor, just like this. You know, every radio station in the world did a lock it in and rip the knob off in the eighties and nineties. But this one's lock it in and jerk your knob off. I love it.
1: There's that one part that old lady is like trying to light a cigarette or something on the road.
0: Yeah, she's driving old lady style. So she's swerving from side to side on the road. Yeah. While she tries to light her cigarette and adjust the radio at the same time. And of course, she can barely see over the steering wheel.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Santa is stuck behind her on the road in his flying sleigh. With sparks shooting off the runners, which is kind of awesome, actually.
1: Also, he doesn't have like a reindeer. It's just this big, mean ass bison.
0: Yes, he has. His sleigh is pulled by a single white buffalo that is referred to as a hell deer. Santa Claus blows his horn for Mrs. Talbot to get out of his way because she's only driving about 10 miles an hour. Mrs. Talbot tells him to suck it. So he rams her car crashing it and killing her
1: he also yells out move bitch get out the way he does yes he does <laughs> Which you know if you're a hip-hop fan from that time that that was a popular song at the time
0: i'm doing a hundred on the highway so if you do the speed limit, get the fuck out of my way i'm dui hardly ever caught over and you about to get ran the fuck Oh, the DJ also mentions Hell's Bells, the Hell Township Christmas celebration later that night. Nick doesn't like Christmas, and he explains to, to Mac that he doesn't like Christmas because he always got lame presents. He wanted an Optimus Prime, and instead he got a mini-bake oven. Well, Mac drops him off at his home. Her name's Mary, but he always calls her Mac. It makes it kind of weird. Yeah. Especially if you're an Always Sunny fan, you think I'm talking about somebody else.
1: Yeah, I love, I love that. Sure. Oh,
0: <laughs> I man, can you imagine if they got Danny DeVito to play the Santa Claus mission? <laughs> no, they would get him to play Mister Green.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd vote Santa Claus, but he pretty much played that guy in, uh, you know, Taxi.
0: Right. Well, at his house, Nick's go- Nick goes through the process of unlocking all of the locks on the front door with various hidden keys right on the front porch. What's the point of having all the locks if you're going to put all the keys to them right out there in the open inside the house? He's getting a snack for himself when the power goes out. And this was weird. The sound effects in this movie are bizarre. So as soon as the power goes out, you hear rats squeaking in the kitchen, which I thought was kind of weird. Well, Nick gets a flashlight and heads into the basement. And it's your typical creepy basement. It's dark and there's stuff stacked everywhere. Nick is about to flip the breaker to turn the power back on when his grandpa grabs his shoulder and scares him, of course, because you got to have a jump scare when the power goes out.
1: It's the cheapest jump scare, the better.
0: Yep. Of course, when Nick jumped, that scared grandpa, and he dropped the box of light bulbs that he had. Um, <laughs> it turns out what had happened was a light had blown in, his, in grandpa's bunker. And, in order to tell which one was blown, he had to turn the power off i I don't know
1: oh he d- he doesn't remember if he turned the lights off before or after the thing went off, so he turned right. the power off switch him out,
0: yeah, well, apparently, this bunker is where Grandpa does his inventing, and speaking of inventing, Nick finds a nutcracker that shoots chestnuts at high speed and lets them ricochet all across the basement. <laughs> Well, Grandpa decides to show Nick the bunker, which is this big vault that he has hidden behind a massive map on the wall. The bunker includes a bank of televisions showing the outside of the house. The town is pretty convinced that Grandpa's crazy, but Grandpa seems to think that Christmas Eve this year is a matter of life. and He, he kind of
1: thinks his grandpa's crazy, too. It's not, it's not like just the town. I mean, he's, he's bought into it. It's like, oh, man, my grandpa's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, in town, Santa Claus is ringing a bell and, for one of those red kettles while sucking on a candy cane when a mugger tries to rob him. And that is exactly the wrong thing to try to do with this Santa Claus because he beats the mugger down. Then he stabs him in the eye with the sharpened end of the candy cane he was sucking on. Uh, You remember how when we were kids, we would suck those candy canes down to the sharpest point possible?
1: Yeah, you pretty much make like a holiday shiv or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it turns out Santa Claus does the same thing. And this is why. It says in case somebody tries to rob him, he can just shove it through their eye. Then he throws him over the top rope style into a dumpster. Hell yeah. And it closes and shit. Yes. Back home, Nick is trying to find out why Grandpa hates Christmas. They're heading upstairs out of the basement. This movie was released in 2004, one year after Shaun of the Dead. And I mentioned that because as they're walking up the stairs out of the basement, you hear they stop and Grandpa says, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And Nick says, what? And then he smells the fart. Oh, just just rip that joke straight out of Shaun of the Dead.
1: Yeah, I think they even put like a cheap fart sound in there. Somewhere. They did
0: put a cheap fart sound in there. He's, well, I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, Grandpa agrees to tell Nick the real story of Christmas. So he's got this giant safe that just cranks up out of the floor, which is kind of awesome. And he pulls this huge book out of the safe. Nick finds grandpa's aviator wings in the safe, but grandpa says he wasn't in the military. So I don't know what that's about. But this book is something else. This is the Book of Claws. And grandpa starts reading in a language that he says is Norse. But Nick asks him to start over in English. The book explains that there have been two virgin births. God and Mary produced Jesus while Satan and Erica produced a child named Santa. And his day, his birthday, was a day of mysterious deaths and murders that came to be known as the Day of Slaying. Not the same kind of slave we're used to hearing about. No. Nah. Well, suddenly there's a knock at the door. It's Mac. She has returned to give Nick his Christmas present. She also brought a plate of fresh Wolverine. Which doesn't look very fresh, honestly.
1: Yeah, man, it looks gross. It I was just like flesh and hair. It was gross.
0: Yeah, and when he lifts the foil up to take a look at it, you, you they put in a, a a sound effect of flies buzzing, which was pretty appropriate. It looked nasty.
1: She's like, I hope it doesn't get cold. Like, man, did you didn't even
0: cook it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, just deboned it, put it on a plate. It's
0: yeah. Gross. Well, Nick opens up his present. It's a gun. Remember when he confessed that he always wanted Optimus Prime, but instead got an Easy make, uh, easy Bake Oven? Well, Mac got him a gun, and he's a real jerk about it for some reason. Until <laughs> she points out that, look, this gun is a Transformer. See, it's a toy. Yeah, Apparently- when,
1: when she folds it out, like it looks like, I don't know, like a cheap knockoff Transformer. Right, yeah. But- when it's together, it looks like a straight-up Glock. I mean, it looks real.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it looks like somebody hand-painted a Transformer. Yeah. It looks like I hand-painted a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, apparently Mac's family are a bunch of, of hunting enthusiasts and gun nuts. And, and Nick doesn't exactly approve of that. She puts up with his crap anyway.
1: Yeah, she's got the hot form, but he's, like, too
0: thick. Just stupid. Yeah, he's a little dense. Well, at the Hell Township Church, people are entering as Santa flies over. Inside, Pastor Timmons delivers his televangelist style plea for donations. At one point, admonishing the people in the church for putting coins in the collection dish. It's like dollars. Yeah, he wants he wants them to put folding money in there. And in a minute, we're gonna find out why. As also Thomas, uh, what's that? It's Dave Thomas. It is Dave Thomas, yes. From Strange Proof. Well, in a minute, we're going to find out why he wants those dollars in the collection plate as he pulls up outside Gold Diggers, the local strip club. Oh, yeah. He, of course, bribes the doorman to let him know, Yeah, you know, you don't have to tell people that I've been here. And then he, he goes, on, he's, hey, girls, nice tits. So. You know, we know what he's there for. He's yeah. not there to pray for those girls. <laughs> and as soon as he walks in, Santa pulls up in his sleigh and tosses a key to the valet. The doorman tries to stop him from entering, so he kills the doorman with the wreath that's on the door and then walks on in. Inside, Santa stops a passing barmaid and gives her a big, fat kiss, which, of course, starts a brawl.
1: Yeah, bouncers, they, they you know... They got to go back on the clock, you know.
0: Right. The bartender is slicing limes and one of the bouncers goes over to toss Santa out. They fight for a little bit and Santa slings him over to the bar where he falls and stabs himself with the knife that the bartender is holding. Santa is going to eventually kills all of the bouncers and the bartender. He's going to use the stripper pole as a weapon, but before he's going to touch that, he's got to spray that down and wash it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that was pretty clever. He'll, he'll take the stripper pole and use it as a weapon, but not until we get the Windex after that stuff. Well, he uses this pole to, to fight one remaining bar patron, and he throws the pole to the guy. The guy catches it, and then Santa kicks the end of the pole shooting it up into a light overhead and electrocuting the man who's holding it. The strippers are all hiding in the booths at the at the club. And Santa takes a big lump of coal out of his pocket and blows on it to heat it up red hot, declares them all naughty and rolls the lump of coal across the floor, setting the strip club on fire.
1: It's it's all like real quick and action page. Like like at the beginning of the movie, too. It's like, bam, bam, bam.
0: Yeah, there's no slow spots in this movie at
1: all. I mean, it's like only, what, 75 minutes long? It's not even... Right. Like, it's barely a motion picture.
0: Yep. It's, we get 78 minutes of nonstop action. Santa Claus walks out of the bar, which he just set on fire, and uh, <laughs> discovers that his hell deer has eaten the valet and just kind of belched up the valet's baseball cap. <laughs> Back at grandpa's house they're watching a Christmas Eve Demolition Derby on TV. That's my kind of Christmas right there.
1: Also that de- uh I think they say it like the announcer is like uh whatever Christmas whatever annual Christmas Demolition Derby brought to you by uh asianchicks.com or something. <laughs> I kind of lost my shit when he said that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Grandpa says he's heading to bed. Max says that grandpa's a little odd, which causes Nick to just really get super jerk face defense and start attacking Mac's dad for being a gun nut. So she leaves and tells him, "Yeah, when you you've got my number, when you're ready for a more mature relationship, call me. She really likes the guy, but he's just a dumbass. Yeah, but she really likes the guy.
1: He's raised by his crazy grandfather. So he's that's not true. All- you know he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of crazy himself.
0: Well, as she drives off, we can see Santa flying across the sky again. You can always see Santa in the sky because apparently he's got a diesel sleigh and it just belches out black smoke behind it as it goes across the sky.
1: Yeah, some it seems like they try to like hide that in some of the shots, like it's a little Easter egg because yeah. Just thr- to see him, like, just out of the corner, like a frame. It's like, oh, there goes Santa. You know, he's about to kill somebody.
0: Right. Well, it turns out Grandpa didn't go to bed at all. He's in his bunker working on that Nutcracker again. Upstairs, Nick starts reading the Book of Claws. And we get a Christmas puppet stop motion show, like the old Rudolph the red Nose Reindeer cartoon.
1: I love that. They did, like, such a good job on that shit. They
0: really did. They really did. It tells the story of an angel who took the form of a man and challenged Santa to a curling match in the year 1005. If Santa lost, he would have to use his birthday to spread cheer on Christmas Day for the next thousand years instead of killing people, which had been his tradition up to that point. And if Santa won, the old man would be delivered to Satan in hell and tormented for eternity. And all of that took place exactly 1,000 years ago. After tonight, the bet is over. Nick is trying to find out where Santa is using the Gonad Santa Tracker.
1: Uh, oh wait, he <laughs> gets on the computer, right? And he yeah. types it, and it, it does this Yahoo bit where it's like, except Yee-ya! it goes to
0: it goes to Hooya. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the parts that I was like are like kind of clever. Is like these really where they do satire bits? Yeah, yeah. The one liners and stuff they don't really work. It's most like really flat. And you're like, oh, that's that's pointless. You know why would they? No one would talk like that. But like where they do the satire bit.
0: yeah. Kind
1: of like stop motion thing that was like pretty good. Like uh, lampooning of you know the right. misfit shit.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of folks are familiar with the NORAD Santa Tracker that the that the U.S. military does every year. It started in 1955 when a Sears department store ran an ad with a telephone number for kids to call and leave a message for Santa Claus. But the newspaper that ran the ad they misprinted the telephone number, and so the kids started calling the Continental Air Defense Command or Conad Colonel Henry Shoop answered that first call and decided to run with it as a PR stunt telling his staff to anytime any kids call tonight go ahead and make up a current location for Santa Claus and tell him that's where he is and we're keeping an eye out for him that really happened that really happened yeah
1: oh man that's like uh, some war game shit or something
0: the next year the, the colonel wasn't going to do the thing, but then he found out that uh, UPI and Associated Press had contacted the military wanting to know if the colonel was going to do this thing again. And so it became an every year thing. That's awesome. Then I, I, mean,
1: I, I just like this guy sitting there and he's waiting for any minute to press the button and like the red phone goes off and he's like waiting for a security code clearance and like uh, can
0: I can I get uh can I get a dog? I've been a real good boy. And then to just you know, I'm mean, this guy runs. He was the duty officer that night, so his job is to run this base at night, and, and he knows what he's facing. He knows what's there. He knows what's going to happen. What's not going to happen. But he sees an opportunity here and is comfortable enough in his position to just run with it. And it turned out to be a really good thing, a really good press uh, item for the US Air Force. That's cool. In 1958, the project was taken over by the newly formed North American Aerospace Defense Command or NORAD. And they've been running it ever since. Uh, It's now staffed by volunteers instead of military personnel. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, the GONAD. Santa tracker has has a chat box and Nick wants to know is this thing real is this really where Santa Claus is and and the person manning the chat says well first off how old are you (laughs) (laughs) he says I'm 16 he says no it's not real and neither is Santa Claus sorry if your parents haven't told you that yet yeah grow up good (laughs) so Nick just goes to sleep the next morning, an old couple are visiting a nativity. Oh, man. And as they walk up to the nativity scene, Santa just drives his sleigh right through the middle of it and chops the head <laughs> off of one of the wise men. And throws it at him. It yeah. At him. yeah. He doesn't do anything to them except horrify them, but he does a damn good job of horrifying them.
1: I was scared. <laughs> This next bit's probably my favorite bit in the whole
0: movie. (laughs) Yeah, we get to see a potty mouth Christmas morning as a family wakes up. The boys want to open their motherfucking presents so they can see what kind of shit they got. They open up their boxes, which promptly explode, blowing the boys' heads off. And the grandmother, oh, (laughs) fuck. The effects here are so cheap, it's wonderful.
1: Because Yo. they're obviously
0: <laughs> paper mache boys that got their heads blown off and and there's no attempt to to add any realism to it either. And it's perfect. Yeah, there's no gore.
1: It's just boom, boom, couple of uh, uh explosive charge, <laughs> and then two headless mannequins. <laughs> and like it cuts back to the grandfather and he's in a chair with like a weird face and
0: like grandma's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> at the church, Pastor Timmons is grieving the death of the strippers at Gold Diggers. Apparently, he escaped in the fray and asked everyone to remember in their prayers Crystal Candy, Sierra Rains, <laughs> Dixie Wrecked, and Tess Tickler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or that witty,
0: like little. And he's after each name, he's kind of looking around. Does anybody look like they think I recognize these names?
1: Yeah, (laughs) he's actually sweating like a whore in church at that scene.
0: He, He is, yeah. Well, Santa is knocking on the door of the Heaven Sent Deli. Since it's Christmas Day, the deli is closed. But since Mr. Green is Jewish, he's there doing some maintenance work while the store is closed. He tells Santa, look, we're closed. You go across the street to the Chinese buffet. They'll take care of you. This was awesome. Santa doesn't just kick in the door. He breaks the glass, reaches in and switches the sign from closed to open. Then he kicks in the door. Hell yeah. (laughs) The way a civilized Santa Claus should. Well, Mr. Green's not having any of this. he's, He's just bring it, fucker. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: And he he brings it. He does uh Goldberg's signature move, the uh the where he like, launches at him like the yes you call it, but like that used to be his finisher.
0: Yeah, Mr. Green is uh he's got a basket of something like rocks, and he's just throwing them at Santa as Santa opens up the, the drink cabinet and starts throwing canned drinks back at him. Then he just launches himself through the deli case, hitting Mr. Green in the midsection. Then he picks him up, grabs the menorah off the top of the deli case, and stabs Mr. Green through the neck with it, pinning him to the wall with his own menorah.
1: Like Michael Myers, though. It was great.
0: Yeah. And then as he's leaving, he stops and sees a photo of Mr. Green and Nick and Grandpa. And as he's walking down the street, he bumps into a group of Jews who were presumably headed for the Jewish deli.
1: Yeah, I thought they'd be going to the uh, Chinese restaurant.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I have no that's,
1: idea. Old joke is like, uh, you know, like all the goys or whatever, like all at home enjoying Christmas. So, like everybody that's not that doesn't celebrate Christmas, they always eat at Chinese restaurants, right? I, I'm not trying to sound like racist or anything, but that's just just like a. Joke I mean,
0: every Jewish joke is in this movie. So it was in uh, what's that movie? A Christmas Story or whatever? Christmas like, Story, yeah.
1: And the Fugus ruins, so they all go down to the Chinese restaurant, and yep. there's nothing but Cidic Jews down there too. So right. like they rip that movie off. Get
0: the power of glory. Something, something else. Well, Nick arrives at the gas station to buy some chewing gum. The gas station attendant turns out to be Tommy Lister Jr.
1: I love that guy. <laughs> No, that's where Man Zeus back in the day. Yes,
0: they're all out of gum because the delivery driver was killed at the strip club when somebody electrocuted him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how that happened.
0: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Nick ends up buying nicotine gum, and before he can get his change on the police scanner, he hears a report of vandalism at the Heaven Sent Deli. Nick arrives at the deli and discovers. Not only is Mr. Green pinned to the wall with his menorah, he's still alive. And he says there really is a Santa Claus. And then he dies. About that time, the police arrive to investigate, full of bad puns and cultural insensitivity. It seems something is not kosher at the Jewish deli.
1: Yeah. like Yeah, this is totally like that whole South Park era. So it's like, you push the envelope as much as you can. Right. Uh, you, yeah, it probably wouldn't fly now, but it's a crappy movie that you watch on TV, so who cares?
0: <laughs> His partner is out on the sidewalk questioning the Jewish folks out there. The, the cop who's inside tells him, go ahead and round up those Amish people, referring to the Jewish men out, front, out on the sidewalk. Round up those Amish people for questioning, too. Man, <laughs> it's just terrible. At the police station, Nick calls Mac to come and get him. The captain at the police station, Captain Cock. Oh, man. <laughs> captain Cock questions Nick while dressed as Santa and carrying a nightstick. It's like he's trying to be intimidating while dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah,
1: and it, it, does, it doesn't even really look like Santa Claus because he's like a tall, skinny guy. So the thing yeah. hangs on.
0: It looks more like Mrs. Claus. He looks like Billy Bob Thornton in Bad Santa.
1: Yeah, but like, I don't
0: know. <laughs> the beard
1: and the wig are set right on his head. So it kind of looks like I don't know, like, like a British judge. Yeah. Or something. Also, like, yeah, there's like just five or six minutes of like dick jokes.
0: Let's see. Right. Including Don, we now are gay apparel.
1: Yeah. Was it, <laughs>
0: you work for Cock, you don't work for Bush? It's like, no. <laughs> Well, Nick tries to explain that Santa Claus is real and bad. He also tries to explain time zones and that Christmas at the North Pole should end around 7 p.m. local time. Captain Cock thinks that Nick is crazy and throws him out as he walks out. The cops that came to investigate the the murder at the deli are looking at a, a map of hell township and they're plotting out all of the crimes that have taken place. And it turns out that they make a shape kind of like a Christmas tree and, and the cops are sitting there just eating donuts. And you remember that, that Cheech and Chong movie where they were doing a, a mountain of cocaine with Wee Herman.
1: Yeah, that was a, uh, uh, what was that? It's still smoking.
0: Yeah. And the, the guy, f- the, the cop,
1: cop- Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The guy eating a powdered donut looks like he just walked out of that scene. He's got powdered sugar all over his face and it all up. (laughs) And, And just as serious as can be discussing whether or not the map of these crimes looks like a Christmas tree or an irregular polygon. It's totally irregular polygon. I don't know. I saw. I I think I saw a Christmas tree there, Jesse.
1: Yeah, but that wasn't until the other lanky cop puts that gold star. Or it's, okay, it's like a bunch of little flags.
0: And yeah, it's all. And he takes a yellow
1: flag and he puts it at the top. Right but before that, it's it's just yeah.
0: Okay, all right. I I see what you're saying.
1: They were trying to guess where the next kill was. Oh, don't. Know, they're, they're both stupid cops. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you cannot have a movie on our podcast without a pair of stupid cops. Yeah. You can, but it's better with a pair of stupid cops. They haven't, they have, I haven't seen that one stupid on there before. You know, <laughs> remember laser blast. I do remember laser blast. Yeah. Those were our original stupid cops. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick tells Mac, they've got to get to grandpa. Meanwhile, Santa has just arrived at the police station. Where he tases Captain Cox, little captain. And as it's,
1: uh, uh, he has to wipe down the stripper pole, but he'll just punch a cop in the dick with a taser.
0: Yeah. It's awkward. Priorities, man. (laughs) (laughs) And as he walks out of the room, we see that he's killed the rest of the cops there. Um, including. Uh, the 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 little fat cop that was saying that things looked like an irregular polygon. Well, he's pinned to the map with all of his flags now.
1: Yeah, and the other guys like, I, I, it, that was funny. Like he's like, what? Why didn't he get stopped? You know? I was like, well, because he he took care of him
0: like a, you know, yeah. like a splits. Split. He killed every one of the cops, and that that whole scene goes Tarantino style. <laughs> well, a cop pulls over Mac and Nick, and as he gets out of the car, they realize. That's not Captain Cock. That's Santa Claus. Well, Mac hits the gas, but Santa Claus is able to chase him on foot, catching up to the truck and climbing in the back. Mac has to talk Nick through how to use a shotgun that's stored under the seat, including oh, explaining it to him like he's five.
1: Also, that kid has his finger on the trigger the entire time.
0: The whole time?
1: The whole time, which I was yelling at him. like, Yeah, I was like, all right, for one, the first time, happened like he's swinging around and they're in like a pickup truck so it's really cramped yeah shit. yeah and so like he's like he didn't even know if it was loaded or not and then you're like you find out it's not loaded and then he swings it back around to put shells in it which she has like a ashtray full of shells
0: right the way you'd do if you had a truck
1: yeah and then then he swings it back around whilst she's weaving backwards and forwards trying to get santa off the top of the thing it's like any second now you could blow your girlfriend's face off being a (laughs) dummy.
0: Well, she talks him through this and eventually Nick shoots Santa and they leave him in the middle of the street. But he's got a special whistle that brings his flying sleigh with his hell deer. And he's able to follow him that way in the bunker. Grandpa is watching to see if Santa followed Nick and Mac. They've arrived at the house and made it into the bunker with grandpa. As they're looking at the at the video monitors, they see some carolers show up to the door and Mac has to run out and chase them off. She couldn't just let them stay there and not come to the door. She had to go to the door and open it and tell them to go away. And of course, as soon as she opens the door, Santa sl- shows up and starts killing the caroler.
1: I, I want to stop. Yep that that part where he shoots him out of the back of the truck was so awesome because that like bill goldberg really like jumped off the back of that truck yes he
0: did yeah
1: and also it seems like that's just like maybe like a couple feet down the street from where grandpa lives oh yeah
0: yeah this they're they like did this whole thing in three square blocks
1: yeah i mean it's a small town right and uh but yeah it's like you know, I don't blame that chick because I hate carolers too, man. So, like, he's <laughs> kind of fighting going out there and yelling at him.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's like a Christmas tradition. You got to throw cold water on the carolers or something. It's but not he, complete until you've yelled at some carolers. As soon as she yells at him, it's like, he's going to
1: kill you. He just grabs them by the shoulder and just starts killing Carol. Carol. Yeah. She
0: told him. She told him. At least he waited for her to tell him.
1: Yeah. Like a split second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they make it back into the bunker as Santa enters the house. And one of these carolers dies again in typical Goldberg fashion as he lifts her up over his head and drops her throat across the porch railing (laughs) because there wasn't a top rope there for him to drop her across. Nick and Mac make it back into the bunker and Grandpa's got a plan. All he needs is that can of tenactin,
1: because
0: he's gonna kill. He's gonna fight, Grant, fight uh, Santa Claus with some tough actin tenactin.
1: Hey, you get a tough case athlete, the itching, the cracking, the burning. You want a medicine that acts tough? Boom, tough actin tenactin.
0: Works every time. Well, the can of tenactin is actually a secret safe, and inside it are some keys. Santa's trying to break into the bunker as the gang all escape through a secret water heater that is a secret passageway into the garage. And the keys were actually keys to Grandpa's snowmobiles. Why they've got keys, I don't know. They've got pull cord starts.
1: Which we'll find out here in a minute.
0: Yeah. Grandpa says they need to use these snowmobiles to get to Hell's Bells to warn the rest of the town that Santa Claus is coming to kill him. Well, Santa Claus is in the bunker and he's looking through the Book of Claws, kind of reminiscing, like looking at his pictures when he was a baby. But then he sees Grandpa on one of the monitors. So he heads outside, and Santa Claus and Grandpa face off in the alley as Mac tries futilely to get her snowmobile to start. And it just will not start
1: with a pull cord.
0: With a pull cord, yeah. <laughs> Santa explains that he's done making children happy. He hates children. And now that the term of his bet has expired, he's going to use all the letters they wrote to him to track them all down and kill them. Not exactly what I would have expected from Santa Claus, but it's an interesting take. Nick watches as Santa's hell deer runs grandpa down from behind. And there's, of course, the grandpa got run over by a reindeer reference. Yeah. I could have done without that
1: yeah like I said, like some of these one liners and shit, like yeah, I don't know Bruce Willis knows how to do a one liner. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the king of one liners,
0: yeah, yeah, he'll go
1: wrestler, right,
0: <laughs> but to be honest, if they hadn't included the grandpa got run over by a reindeer reference in there, I probably would have just said it myself out loud,
1: probably yeah, they beat you to the punch on that one, huh
0: yeah uh, i'm 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 just not the that only one that's that kind of jerk. I guess. Yeah. Well, a car chase ensues, but instead of cars, we have a a, a snowmobile and a sleigh pulled by hell. In the uh, air. In the air, yes. Nick and Mac are trying to escape through the woods on the snowmobile as Santa flies behind them, throwing Christmas present grenades at them.
1: Oh yeah, it's kind of like in Spider Man. Green Goblin is throwing pumpkin bombs. Yeah, like, pumpkin, hell out of everything. It's like that with with Christmas presents.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it looks like Santa Claus might have hit him with a grenade, but Nick gets that snowmobile up on one runner and they manage to escape.
1: Yeah, for, for like a cheap movie, they did like a nice little kind of like James Bondish
0: like right. scene. Yeah. So Santa decides he's gonna ram him with his sleigh, but as they get close, Mac just turns around and. And punches the hell deer, which is enough to send him off course. Because, <laughs> I mean, this thing is big enough to ram a car, but not big enough to take a punch from a girl. I guess it's like a
1: shark. Like, if you punch him in the nose, like,
0: <laughs> um, you know, yeah, just long enough where you can, like, throw it off course. Well, next, they run through a firing range. We know they're headed to a firing range because the clay targets start bouncing off the windshield of the snowmobile. This is where Mac's family hangs out. Next, we see the bell choir preparing in the middle of the street for Hell's Bells as Nick and Mac ride through shouting warnings that Santa is coming and he's going to kill them all. You need to run. They don't listen to him because that just sounds crazy. So Santa rides his sleigh right through the middle of the street, setting the Christmas tree on fire (laughs) and running down the pastor. Yeah. Pastor lands in the shotgun seat of Santa's sleigh and Santa punches him and knocks him out. Next, Nick and Mac arrive at the school. They try to break in through the window, but Nick is a little girly boy, so he can't break the window. Mac can break it. No problem. Now, the window won't open up far enough to let Mac through unless Nick grabs her boobs and he doesn't want to do that. So she kind of forces him to do it. They get inside. She makes some comment about, am I going to have to make every first move in this relationship? Which, again, pursuing the the stereotypical Jewish joke. Inside, they find the nutcracker in Nick's backpack with a note that says the only worthwhile gift is a practical one. Hang on to that one. We're going to come back to it not too long. From now. It's 58 minutes from midnight at the North Pole. Santa arrives at the school with a present bomb. Nick decides to take the fight to Santa. Santa's inside the school now, and as they're going down the hallway, Nick's flashlight dies. That's okay because Santa Claus is behind him and he's got a giant green candy cane glow stick that sounds like a crowbar when he throws it down on the floor.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. The sound design is totally off movie, but for a cheap movie, it works.
0: I think it's deliberately off because it, it does. It's such a ridiculous thing that it, it's a joke all by itself. Well, as Santa chases him through the school, he reveals that he can shoot fireballs from his mouth, even if he can't hit anything when he does it.
1: still pretty cool, though.
0: It's very cool. Nick and Mac decide to hide out in the library, but not hiding very well because Santa can see them in a mirror when he walks in. So he uses a smoke grenade Christmas ornament to flush them out as they run away. They're trying to get the door open for the library. Santa is reading a Christmas carol as they're running for the door. Santa turns and just flings this book at Nick's head, banging him right between the eyes.
1: He literally throws the book at him. He
0: did. <laughs> it was very effective, too. Yeah. Nick and Mac run through a door that ends up dumping them in the middle of a hockey rink. Nick takes a minute to mourn the death of his grandfather, but he's uninterrupted by possibly the best part of the movie for me. Santa Claus on a Zamboni. <laughs> I you it is not Christmas until you've got a psychopathic Santa Claus on a zamboni.
1: Yeah, about to run you down too.
0: Yeah, well Nick's flashlight, dead flashlight, works now, and he shines it in Santa's eyes, causing Santa Claus to exclaim, "I'm Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula." <laughs> <laughs> Santa attempts to run him down with the Zamboni, but he gets stopped short when a glowing curling stone gets wedged under the Zamboni. It's Grandpa, and he's glowing too. Turns out, he's actually an angel again. He was an angel. He made a deal to give up his angel powers because he loved Nick's grandma very much. And... He made that bet with Santa Claus and beat him at the curling contest. This is a Canadian movie, so we're going to have another curling contest.
1: Oh, yeah. I love curling. It's the only reason why I watched the Olympics.
0: Right. Those wings that Nick found before... They're not military flight wings. They're Santa's angel wings. Santa explains that he moved to hell because when they he lost their bet a thousand years before, Santa said he would go to hell and back to find him, which caused Mac to ask Nick, is your grandpa always so literal?
1: <laughs>
0: well, Santa reveals that he found him using a letter that he got, a letter that happened to be sent by Nick, who asked Santa Claus, not for a transformer, didn't ask for a Castle Grayskull. skull. No. He wanted Santa Claus to bring him a mini bake oven. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I don't know those brownies
1: are pretty cool. I ain't
0: gonna lie. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Well, Grandpa suggests a repeated their old bet. And Santa is good with that. If Grandpa wins, no more day of sleighs ever. Santa Claus would have to spend his birthday Spreading cheer around the world for the rest of eternity. And if Santa wins, Grandpa's enslaved in hell for eternity. Nick tries to object, but Grandpa just repeats the message that was tied to the nutcracker. The only worthwhile gift is a practical one. Which doesn't make any sense at all. Here, I don't know.
1: Gift practical. I don't know, like a Swiss Army knife or you know, new underwear, something. Yeah, those are pretty practical.
0: That's true. That's true. I like that uh, that line in uh, an episode of Married with Children where Peggy says that she got Al a four-pack of underwear for Christmas, and there's still three of them that haven't been taken out of the pack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Remember that one episode of Married with Children where, uh, like, the aliens come and they just want Al's socks so they can power their UFO. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: yep. my
1: favorite episode.
0: Yeah. I mean well the, the married with you, the uh the Sam Kennison Christmas episode too. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. That one was awesome. Well, Grandpa goes first and his stone stops right at the edge of the hell hole that Santa opened in the middle of the hockey rink. Santa's turn now, except he cheats and he grabs Grandpa and throws him into the hell hole. <laughs> That's when the clock strikes midnight at the North Pole and Nick says, look, it's over. It's done. But Santa has a technicality and educates Nick about how time zones work and how they all converge at the North Pole. And so Christmas is over when I say it's over. (laughs) (laughs) And he breathes fire at Nick, but Nick shoots him with the nutcracker. And Santa is down with a glowing red hot chestnut in his chest. Oh, yeah, that
1: thing chestnut. It It goes through the fireball that Santa Claus catches it on fire and it's right in the heart.
0: Right. Earlier, when Nick first found the nutcracker in the basement, Grandpa explained to him, uh, asked him, and says, Did you know that if you don't pierce the shell of a chestnut before roasting it that it'll explode and well here here we see it finally pay off yeah foreshadowing well nick and mac run to the hell hole grandpa didn't fall all the way down he kind of he took his angel wings and stabbed him into the ice and so he's hanging just inside the lip of the hell hole and they managed to pull him out meanwhile santa has recovered and he's back on the zamboni But he's not driving towards Nick and Mac and Grandpa at all. No, he's just driving through the wall. I got to get out of here. Santa's on the run. Nick and Mac pull Grandpa up and Grandpa tosses one of the curling stones through the hellhole, causing it to freeze over and close up. Outside, the pastor wakes up in Santa's sleigh. So Santa hits him over the head with a hammer, Three Stooges style, and knocks him back out. Inside, Nick wants an explanation. He doesn't get much of one. Instead, uh, Grandpa rallies them to help him go after Santa. But we find out that Grandpa can't leave the ice rink. That's okay. He'll just go back to heaven and watch over him from there. At the firing range, Nick and Mac get uh, Mac's brother and his friends to help them out, including... A chain-smoking Native American with one of those voice box things.
1: They totally stole that bit from South Park.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's Jimbo's buddy, Ned. Totally. (laughs) Nick gives him a chance to shoot a bird deer. And he's going to use his special bird deer call to call the bird deer. And when it comes, you start shooting at it. Well, he whistles the same way Santa whistled. And, well, here comes Santa's Hell Deer pulling the sleigh. Santa's nowhere around, but the Hell Deer is there. Now, they open fire on it, and everybody misses except one person. Mac didn't know that her dad was there, but he was. And he's got his brand-new Christmas present, a bazooka. And he just splatters that uh, Hell Deer all over the firing range. Yeah, that was a good shot, too. It's just raining chunks of meat. Hell yeah. Back at the school, an ambulance arrives. Pastor Timmons has been impaled on a flagpole. Everybody assumes that the pastor was the murderous Santa, and Nick isn't going to contradict anybody. He does gather up the Book of Claws as they arrived with a giant chop saw to cut the flagpole to get the pastor off of it. Nick has a mission now. He needs to stop Santa. He doesn't have much of a plan, but at least he's got Mac. He says, She says, Yeah, that's true, but you hit like a girl, to which he answers that she kisses like a guy. How would you know? I don't, that was weird. But then Nick has never been a very clever person through this entire movie.
1: No, he's done his boxer rock.
0: <laughs> well, we get the victory kiss scene as the pan- as the camera pans out, and then we see Santa dressed as a biker, checking a bag before his flight to the North Pole. He checks his Santa sack and answers the the questions, the security questions, and then takes a seat between two women waiting to board their flight and roll credit.
1: Roll credit. Uh, You get like, I don't know, because it's a short movie, it's like they do the credits and I like how they do the credits. like a naughty or nice right beside the name.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: good guys are nice and all the bad guys are not, or all the dead guys are naughty. right? And then like after the main, the character credits comes up, you got like 15 minutes of outtake.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. This was a great way to wrap up our year of, of dumpster fire movies.
1: It is truly a dumpster fire. I confess <laughs> to that.
0: <laughs> well, Jesse, I'm looking forward to seeing what we got next year.
1: Hell yeah, man. Me too.
0: That is a podcast. Hell yeah.